Welcome back, everyone, to episode 51 of the My Not Business podcast, presented by Bennett Creative Media. I'm your host, Easton Bennett, and on this show today, we have the one and only Matt Morelli. Matt, how is it going today? Pretty good, thanks. That's what I like to hear. Before we get started, if you have not already, please rate and review the show. If you could take five seconds to leave us a rating and review, it really helps spread the word to new audiences and attract new guests for you guys each and every week, and we really appreciate the support. So, Matty Mo. Let's get into it. What is your elevator pitch, your one line of telling people, you know, what you kind of do? Well, it's, I'd say in a, just in a, making it as quick as you can, we've, we've kind of got everything. We, we always were, everybody always thought of Morelli's Distributing as a, mainly just a, selling beer, but over the years, it's just evolved into more and more non-alcoholic products, beverages, and paper products, clean supplies. So it, it just seems to like, with what's going on, we're going by all these places that aren't just bars and liquor stores. So we're like, we can pretty much sell everything. Okay. So I didn't yeah. even know the extent, I guess, of, I knew you guys sold snacks and stuff here and there, right? But I didn't know that there was other stuff uh, as well. So we'll kind of get into the product. But before, let's start at the beginning. What is the origin story of Morelli's Distributing? Where well, did this? It goes way back when Reggie first came to town and he he had a, somebody that knew him. Uh, I don't think knew him real well, but just said he was a New, new to town and and got a hold of him somehow. He was on a trip, a vacation somewhere, and and said, "Hey, there's this guy that's going to be retiring slash selling a, a beer business. I think he had some health issues." And so got a hold of him and and Reggie flew back to North Dakota and checked things out. And next thing you know, we were we were we were <laughs> moving to uh, my aunt North Dakota. I, mean, I was a young I was young kid and and. Uh, and there was so I think he just uh, back in those days there was only a couple brands and like like uh, he had three four brands of beer and that was it yeah nothing, nothing else none of the so, fun seltzer so stuff it was really a, just a, uh, uh, you concentrated just on a couple lines of beer it was like Pabst Blue Ribbon mm-hmm. uh, maybe Olympia uh, like you know I think Grain Belt came shortly after that okay but there wasn't any of the other supplies like we have now so it was just. Beer only. Strictly beer. Yep. So you aren't originally from Minot then. Where did you guys move no, from? No, I was I was born. My brother Pat and I were born in Crookston, Minnesota. Okay. So uh only one only my sister Gina was born in Minot, but uh we came we were we came to Reggie got the business rolling in nineteen seventy one. So we're we're fifty two years old and, and it's passed on. Reggie's passed on, but he he uh my mom still lives here in Minot and and uh so we we've kind of uh, you know, kept things rolling for Reggie, and he and he just we're we're looking. We always like to find ways to expand. We're 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 there's just there's that like I said, the non-alcoholic side has become so uh, such a big player. Okay, in in business with uh, filling a truck up, and you know we're a small small community, and we're Lagoda rural. So if you go out in the country, and instead of just beer, you're bringing them bottled water and paper and. Like you said, root beer. I know Willard beer, loves right. the root beer. Yeah, you bring in uh, nineteen nineteen root beer and and snacks and the things that most people wouldn't really think of, but it's become such a vital part. It's almost a fifty fifty of our business. It's fifty percent beer and fifty percent non alcoholic stuff. Okay, so then I want to get into that a little bit, but let's talk about you first. So, when did you get into the family business? How old were um, you? Were you kind of just I just I I guess I, when it seemed like when when Pat and I were younger we'd always work on the go on the truck and we'd work with the older guys and you know they weren't they weren't let's say older they were just uh, you know they were probably in their twenties and young guys some college guys and but but it was just such a 
a fun thing to do. We got to ride around the beer truck and we <laughs> thought we were pretty cool. Or we'd see our buddies and we're out hauling beer around and, and um, running, you know, running into stores and they weren't, the, the businesses weren't as strict as they are now where kids can, you know, in those days you could just go into bars and liquor stores as a, do whatever. Yeah. Seventh, eighth, ninth grader and help out delivering. Now some of the stores are, you need to be 21 even to deliver in there. Okay. Bars you don't have to be. But the the liquor stores they get some of them get a little picky, but so it's been it's been doing a, it's been a long time. We always kind of just worked around the warehouse and whatever Reggie told us to do. We kind of just showed up, and it was even more in the summertime when we had a little more time. We put our we put some extra hours in there, but like you know, with during the winter you know you got school, so you're not yeah. working as much. Maybe on the weekends a little bit. We'd go a Saturday morning. We'd go help for. Two, three, four hours make you know, 20, 30 bucks back in those days. We thought we were loaded. loaded. Yeah. We were, yeah. We thought we were going to go start <laughs> buying a bunch of things. But yeah. But um, I think as long as when Reggie, we just, he was taught us at an early age that you're going to work and you're going to do whatever you can to, to make the business better and learn about uh, going on the truck and doing, we did everything. We washed trucks. We, we had a recycling business for a while. We recycled cans and we, we didn't really care when you're a kid you don't really care yeah you just want to go and work and make a little extra money and plus it seemed like all our friends thought god the, the beer guys those guys are cool <laughs> the beer thought, guys yeah the beer guys yeah <laughs> those morelli so, brothers yeah so we, we we had a pretty good we had a pretty good when we were kids we we had our share of fun but we uh we liked being out in the market and that's where reggie was so good at he was such a good people person so we were kind of that's how we learned it's, yeah around that type of atmosphere so you've been in the business as long as you can remember pretty much pretty much yeah i'd say probably about that you know, junior high age seventh eighth grade you kind of started to get into it once you got your license there weren't, then you could kind of uh not necessarily drive the, all the trucks but you were like working in you know, a little bit more in the warehouse responsibility you could drive the forklifts and yeah. guys weren't didn't have to worry we didn't have to watch over us so close Okay, so then w- was there anything where you went a different avenue or was it, hey, I graduated from high school or graduated from college and then now I'm just in the family business or do, um, did you ever have aspirations to go do something else well, besides Morelli's? I, I think after college, I, I think I always wanted to, I always knew in the back of my mind I would someday be in the beer business. I, I actually applied for some interns out in college, my last year in college at, at North Dakota and I, I wanted to be in, to, to go and work for someone else as an intern. I didn't get the one intern I was looking for uh, down in the cities. And I thought, well, worst case, I, I come home and I go back and work for Morelli's Distributing. And, and Reggie put me, I came back after my fifth year of school at, uh, and he just said, you're going to be a sales guy. Yeah. You're going to learn how to sell. And I went with a guy that still works for us. Jerry Gooch is his name. And, and him and I just, I kind of just followed him around wherever he went. I, Hell, I just kind of was stuck by his side, and I learned tips, and I picked up things, and, and made a lot of notes to myself and mental notes, and and went to a couple sales seminars. I remember when Reggie said, "I'm going to send you a couple of you guys to a, a like a salesmanship class." Okay, and it was like a seminar, and there was a guy. I was in Fargo, and I I I I was a young guy, so I didn't pay attention the whole time, but <laughs> I took got a I, my takeaway. I learned a couple things about selling that just about the details uh, paying attention to what people think and uh, and having a conversation with them instead of just walking in and out and asking for business and not getting it and some you get yeah and because that's what i was going to ask what is that sales process like a lot of people like oh salesman right but what is it like being how do you be a good salesman 
Um, I think it's more than just being aggressive. I think um, uh, showing a, 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 a caring side that when you're talking to a customer, you care about them. You're not just in a hurry. If you want to maybe have a conversation with them saying, well, see what their life's like, yeah. how, what they do on the week, what they do for fun. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, get to know them a little bit because I think you've got to gain their trust so that if you're going to be selling them all kinds of things, beer and paper and water and Red Bull and the things we carry, that they feel comfortable with you if they have to call you and say, hey, I, you know, Matt, I'm, I'm low on something. I, I think I am gonna might run out. Can you bring me a, another keg or two or something? You get yeah. times where uh, we used to get a lot of calls on the weekends where now you've, you've improved and you get – you know what you can get away with with certain customers, but I think that, um, you know, uh, showing them that you care and that you're, you have so many different accounts, but, but you, 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 you can treat them a lot alike, but you still have, you still have to treat everyone a little different in you know, a different kind Personalized, of way. Yeah. So, and yeah, and I, I guess I always learned from that one, that one seminar that if you don't know something, you, you will make a note and find out. Say, I will get your number, your name number, yeah, and I'll get, and I'm going to get you an answer. I, I kind of never forgot that. I always just thought if you can do a follow up, even if you don't know what they want <laughs> or have no idea what kind of product they need, you can get as many details and say, I'm going to get back to you. And I'll, I'll get you an answer. answer for you. I like that because that goes back to even if there was something where you guys couldn't help them with, at least they feel like they've been helped. For sure. I, I just think a lot of times, especially with on the paper side of our business, that some people, like these newer businesses that start up in Minot, they don't really know what they need. They don't necessarily need maybe a high-end product, but they just want uh, average or a little above average. doesn't have to be the most expensive, but you get some of the professional offices in Minot, they, they want maybe a, a, a certain color towel. They want maybe yeah. a white towel because it looks more professional. And if you're in a bar setting... The bar owner or manager maybe doesn't really care <laughs> what type of grade the toilet paper is. Yeah, he's like, it could be one ply, it could be half right. ply. I don't know if they right. sell half ply. Just as long as it's, it's something that yeah. serves their purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just has to be there for looks. Right. So going into the family business a little bit more than a lot of people say, don't go into business with family. But we've had multiple people on here that are in family businesses, and it's it doesn't seem to be that way. So what is it like working in a family business? And you're obviously around family members every day. Uh, I, I mean, there's, there's good and bad times. There's a, I think it's a challenge every day. I, I kind of tell Pat it's a grind. We, we just, we kind of grind it out every day um, with, with family members. When Reggie was alive, he, he had a certain way of doing things. He was more in and out, but when he was running the business, he was the sole owner. So he didn't really have to report to anybody. Where yeah. now we have partners. We got got my two brothers, and then we got my sister Gina. So you kind of got to maybe run something by the four owners before you just all of a sudden start Making doing things. But it, it, it's stressful at times. But it's also a business that it uh, with these non-alcoholic products that have become so popular. They're they're such they're products that people are familiar with. Arizona yeah. tea and and Gatorade and the Red Bull and you know bottled water. You think back years ago when I we first started selling the the five gallon jugs of water. Okay, and there'd be a lot of people. I'd I'd make a lot of cold calls. I, there's not as much of that now, but when I was making cold calls, learning how about selling, and people would would come back and say, "Ah, I'm not gonna 
pay for a bottle of water. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. So it was, it was a, you'd have a couple tough customers. And this one customer, I said to him, I'll tell you what, you, you, I'll give you a cooler to use for a couple months and, and you just buy the water and, and you see what you think. And so yeah. I didn't hear much from him. And, and cause he, he always told me, he goes, I'm not going to pay for a bottle of water. And <laughs> so I, I think I even gave him a couple jugs of water and, and I said, if you don't like it after three months, I'll come pick it all up. And I went to pick it up one day and because I hadn't heard from him. And he goes, well, Jesus goes, I think I'm going to actually going to keep this. Like, don't take my water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he, yeah, he didn't want it. And he, he was a customer from then on. And that was just when the kind of the, 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 the start of the bottled water industry really got popular okay. where now look at when you go out, you see bottled water yeah, everywhere. Right here. Yeah, it probably everywhere. was a fallacy that, you know, why would I ever buy bottled water? Yeah. It's just, I, there aren't many people that say, I really enjoy tap water. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> not, not too many people are really saying that. So the bottled water industry is just, has grown. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And you go into these stores and you used to see small sections of it. Now it, there's huge sections. Yeah. Yeah. It's 20, 30, 40 feet, a whole aisle of bottled water. Everybody's got their own flavors and some are the, the brand names and some are the, the, the private labels, yep. but it's all selling. Yeah. So I suppose, yeah, you just kind of have to get it in front of people and then they realize. You do. Yeah, you do. And I mean, drinking water is a, is a, is healthy. I mean, you'd be probably, it's, and it's just going to keep getting you know, bigger and bigger. And I mean, people, you really only drink tap water unless it's your if only you're choice. To, yeah. yeah. You exactly. don't really have nothing else to, to pick from. And granted, people have to pay for bottled water, but, it's, it's cheap. Right. You can get good deals. You, you want certain brands, you pay a little more. Yeah. You want decent brands, it's relatively inexpensive. Yeah. I always know that I always have a case of water somewhere just because I hate going. I have a Brita, like if I want sink yeah. water, but I hate going back, filling it up, drinking it. I'll just grab a bottle, kind of a cap off. Yeah. And you're yeah. ready to go. So I want to go back to the family business a little bit then. How do you balance the family relationships and then the business decisions? Do you kind of just leave it at work? Or how does that, because obviously you got to see these people at, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and. You do. Yeah. There, there's, there's uh, ups and downs. I mean, there's, um, uh, I think Pat and I, we, we, we are real close just because we're only a year apart. So growing up, uh, we, we did everything kind of together. We, all his friends were mutual and mine were, my friends were his friends too, because we were so close in age. So we've always just, uh, had a good working relationship. We, we, bounce everything off each other and make sure things are okay. But uh, yeah, there's times where, where you're going to have in every family, there's no perfect one out there. I've always thought to myself, but you make it work and you kind of, sometimes you got to compromise a little bit. Yeah. And that's what I've always wondered. Cause I don't work with any of my family members, but I'm like, wonder how it actually is. Cause if I had to work with, you know, I don't have any brothers, but my sister or my dad or something, how would it actually be if there'd be any uh, bickering? But I suppose you just kind of have to draw that line of, you know, we're not going to let it get too crazy where all of a sudden we don't want to see each other for a year and a half. Correct. So you guys are obviously part of the Minot community. Um, How does community in general, but the Minot specific community influence Morelli's distributing? How is it being a part of the community? It's, it's good. I mean, you're in a business that you're Reggie's been, he was around a long time and he was, he was real, a, a good promoter. He was aggressive with, with getting out in the market and, and going places and, and spending money, you kind of got to spend money to make money. And it's like, kind of like we, we want to help uh, programs and, and uh, groups. We, we don't really say no to, to, 
when somebody needs help, there's always a fundraiser for whatever the case may be. And it just seems like if, if there's one, there's always a, a circle of friends. You've got a circle of friends and I've got a circle of friends and a lot of them know the same people. So yeah. it just seems like when we're trying to, to do a good deed for someone in town, if, if we choose the one time to not do anything with them or help them, it seems like it, I just don't think my, it's big enough where you can do that. Yeah. So we, we like to kind of keep on the good side of everybody. We want to be known as a, a, a company that is, is will help and it will help people in need. There's always people that maybe have fallen on tough times or somebody gets sick or a, a family member is going through a, a you know, a, a health issue with it and they need some financial help. So we're, we're always, Trying, we want to do the right thing. I think we like. I think we do the most of the time. There's times where, if we're unsure, we just put our heads together and say, "Well, if we're in doubt, we probably should do it." Yeah. And so, do you think that helps with the longevity? Then, has a business always been like that? I think Even so, Reggie. Yeah, I think he was always willing to help people. I, I think, and sometimes he, it was maybe a, a, there was two sides to it. He figured if we help somebody out, not that you're, you expect somebody to give you business in return, but it just looks good. Mm-hmm. Or if you're asking somebody for a favor, they know that you've helped out. Say I've helped out a group of, of one of your friends that somebody had a tough, tough break. And if you know, we help them out and you, you want to maybe ask for a favor of somebody, there's a business owner in that group and they say, Oh yeah, I, I see yeah. you guys helped out. Easton Bennett's friend, one friend that was, uh, you know, that had a, a health problem. So I think that there's, there's, there's good ways to do it. Sometimes Reggie didn't always like to to do it and let he would do it. He just didn't want people to know he was doing it. Okay, he would kind of do it, kind of like uh, under the radar, under the, sweep uh, it under the rug. Yeah, I think there's times where people ask people for a a donation of some sort. We get hit up a lot, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times in the Reggie days, he he was old school, so he would just use cash. <laughs> yeah, he, and cash he would is just king. yeah he would just whip out <laughs> some cash and say. Here you go, and put this towards there to this towards that fundraising group or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And of course, then 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 he just kind of he just that was his way of doing it. He where he didn't want people kind of tracking him down all the yeah. time. So and he didn't sometimes. I, he did a lot of it where he just didn't want you just did it anonymous. He yeah. didn't want it was like maybe in the back alley at yeah, 7 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a envelope. few of those. We always call it the Italian handshake. Where <laughs> it's kind of like stuck in in your in your palm of your hand. Yeah. Uh, but that was his way of doing it. He was, I think a lot of older people there, they want to handle cash where our, you know, I'm older than you, but I like to use a card and, and have a, you, you kind of, these days you need a receipt, Yeah. you know, or some form you got to have a so paper to track trail. It. Yeah. Yeah. So to track it and some, some people will can, you can do that with cash and other people. But I think in, with the company, you know, if we're having a good year and things are successful, which most of the time they're, they're pretty good. I think if you're a business owner, you, you almost have to give back to the community because yeah. if you're not, I think you're in trouble. You're going to, yeah. it's going to, it's going to come back and it's not going to be good. Cause it's just bad karma coming your way. I yeah. Think. It's, I, I, I agree. I, I think that if you're doing your best to help people or help a business or a, a church or somebody that's trying to raise money for a good cause, if you can't at least give them something, yeah, you, I think you need to, you need to take a look at your life and and start from scratch. So pivoting a little bit then, 2020, obviously crazy year. Did the pandemic help or hurt the beverage industry, do you think? 
Well, I think at first it was tough because uh, for one, we couldn't get product. Oh yeah, I suppose uh, the yeah, supply we were having, chain was horrible. We were having exactly, we were having trouble getting what we wanted uh, on time. Um, they just uh, there was like you know like um, a lot of food and, and beverages have a, a pull date, expiration date. Yep. So beer is uh, is a expire that date on the on most of our packages is the expiration date. Mm-hmm. So these breweries basically just said, listen, if it goes past the date, it's okay. We'll just, we're not going to judge you or give you a, a bad score because you had outdated product because most of the time there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But when COVID, yeah, we, 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 Pat and I kind of said, we're going to do everything we can that, so we don't have to uh, lay anybody off. Yeah. Uh, that was our goal was, was to not to uh, let any employees go. And we, and we, th- we did a pretty good job of that we just we, we rode it out we kind of weathered the, the the tough times there for a while and it got a little bit better and better and of course it, it was like on the paper supplies when you're talking the covid it was the masks and the sanitizers and yeah. everything was so you know don't you can't get covid and so we had trouble getting a lot of stuff and it's hard when you want to have say you're trying to get sales and that's what our business is all about distribution yeah. And you just can't get it. You have people that want you have to buy to it. nothing to distribute, yeah. Right, yeah. And they, it didn't even, price wasn't even an issue. They didn't care what the price was yeah. on a lot of products. We just couldn't supply it to them. Yeah. So and that it, was frustrating. Yeah, because that's what I always wondered when I was running my business. I wasn't deep enough into it for it to really affect anything. I was still making videos in my parents' basement. So I always <laughs> like to ask business owners, you know, what was it actually like for the people that were in the nitty gritty? Uh, Matt, before we get into any more questions, we're going to hear from this week's sponsor. Is your business moving up and to the right? Put Midco's business technology to work for you so you never have a slow day at the office. From premium internet and phone plans to custom private networking and advertising, they have a solution for every type of business, large or small. Get paired with an account representative to create your suite of services and make the switch with ease with dedicated business client fulfillment and support teams. No data caps, flexible contracts with month-to-month or long-term options built-in DDoS protection, and more. Explore services and request a free consultation at midco.com slash business today. Thank you, Midco, for sponsoring this week's episode. If you guys are looking at checking out some of their services, uh, head over to midco.com slash business. All right, Maddie, let's get back into the questions here now. So how do you guys go about marketing and invisibility to get the Morelli's name out there? Is a lot of it word of mouth, or what are you guys doing as far well, as that goes? I, yeah, I, I think, I mean, most people know that we're, they know that we're the beard distributor i think in these last oh several years we'll say last probably a good maybe i'd say pre-covid like maybe the mid 10 years ago it just seemed like the paper it was all we were always making good strides during the boom was was busy where the numbers were I mean, it was easy to sell everything yeah during the boom but uh it I think a lot of it is is our our relationships we know somebody i it'd be like you and i visiting and and you say, hey, I got a good buddy over at uh, so-and-so business. And I I'm, God, I don't think I've met him. You know, do you mind if I, what's the name again? And I'll get his name and I'll go over there and say, hey, I was I was talking to Easton. And yeah. said, uh, said, you you got, uh, I, I didn't even know you had this business. And we get a lot of those where it's it's the, the people's uh, groups of friends intertwine. And then you, you meet people and getting back to those cold calls. We don't have to do as many cold calls anymore, it seems like where now as people are calling us saying, Hey, I know you guys have paper. 
Uh, we're we're a new a new place in town here. Can I get some? Can I can I have a salesman stop by? Yeah, and we'll send a guy down and and, and talk to him about the paper and the cleaning supplies and pretty much anything they need for that business. I mean, most places they have a bathroom. They're probably going to need towels, soap, toilet paper. Yeah, offices copy paper, and the you get a garbage liner. So it's kind of an easy sell. I think the the the, the the hardest part is just we just got to find the who the person who the buyer is yeah and say hey and build that relationship Johnny yeah hey we we have uh, what do you need like uh, some places I think don't even need a catalog we've had we have paper catalogs but most of them they know exactly what they need yeah they and it seems like in these last few years with just COVID or right before that they just want to know that we have it as long as we have it on hand mm-hmm. so that they're not having to run to the store and say, Hey, yeah. we're out of toilet paper Go to or, Walmart. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Making a, a, a grocery store, Walmart target run, nothing against those stores, but we deliver it, bring it right to them, put it in whatever room they want. There's, there's no delivery charge. I mean, you, you, if you send an employee up to a store, you're, that person's probably on the, on the time clock. So yeah, you're you're paying them even though you people say oh yeah we just go to the store well some they're not doing it in their free time yeah they're gonna do it on work time so we, <laughs> your employees we, are not like i'll just do it tonight after i'm done working right nobody does that so our, our i guess our selling point is we have it on hand we'll bring it right to you whatever day we, we usually try to coordinate a route with the rest of where the what part of the city they're in and and most of them will just call the warehouse and say hey it's it's a um, you know, blah blah blah's business here. I need uh, here's my order for the week, and yeah. we're like, great, we'll be there either tomorrow or the next day. We usually, you know, a lot of times it's usually the next day or or two days out, depending on the schedule. But most places, I think they're just they want the peace of mind. They don't have to worry about going out into the market and buying it. Yeah, they can just have a list. You see, a lot of places they just start a list and say, here's my list. I got to give Morelli's a call, or the salesman will be coming by. I'll just give it to him when he comes and. Well, it makes it easier for them too. Yeah, it, it is. And of course, we're, when you're the guys are on the beer side, but when they're calling on a, a bar or a liquor store, that that might be a little more selling involved. Maybe we have a promo on something where we say, "Hey, we've got, you've got, I uh, see, you got the Super Bowl coming up. Okay, yeah. maybe we maybe we should add to the order a little bit because you're you're probably going to be busy. Or yeah. hey, it's uh, like this this graduation, high school graduation was is coming up. Maybe we need to, you know, you order 10, maybe we should give you a 15 or 20 yeah. just, just so you're not, you don't want to run out of product. Yeah. I like that type of selling. So as far as product goes, then you started with the alcoholic products, obviously, when did it transition to you guys having the other cleaning supplies and the paper products and all of that? Well, I, I would say it's from as long as I can remember, we always had like the mixers, juices and the, the, the things for, for the bars, the, just the basics, plastic cups and straws and things okay. like that. Then when I got out of school in the early in the early nineties, it was Reggie just saying, "Go and sell wherever you can, whatever you can. <laughs> go, you know, I don't care where you go." So after a few months of of learning with with the the Jerry Gooch, I just kind of I started to have my own route of of paper stuff, and then I started sprink got sprinkled in. They gave me a few more beer accounts I could handle, a couple small bars, yeah. just to kind of get my feet wet. And then it just got more and more. And so along the way, and, and over those all these years, we've picked up brands like Red Bull. It's a funny story with Red Bull when it first started out. It was in the 
eastern part of the state and, and it's first it came to like Fargo and Grand Forks and of course like a lot of things in North Dakota it, it just trickles down and yeah maybe we're, we're a smaller market so we we get things slower than other states yeah and so the Red Bull guy wanted us to try Red Bull and and we called the distributor in Grand Forks and he says, yeah, we're, we're, it's getting to be popular in the bars with Red Bull and you know, vodka and Red vodka Bull, Red Bull, Bull yeah. vodka as a mixer. So we said, well, well, we'll give it a try. So we ordered like, I think we ordered like five cases. Yeah. And Red Bull is expensive. And of course, when, we, when I first pitched it to a bar in mine, it doesn't matter because it was a different name. And, and the girl just thought I was crazy. She just said, oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to sell. I said, well, I'll tell you what, if it doesn't sell, we'll pick it up and give you credit. And then... So about two weeks later, she called and says, "I when I went there, I think it was on a non a date. I didn't see her very often, and and she said, hey, I, I, do you have any more of that Red Bull? I sold it all.' <laughs> Can't get rid." I said, "Yeah." And so it it just evolved, and once all the bars kind of got rolling when Red Bull people were calling the warehouse saying, "Hey, we 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 need this Red Bull product. Don't really know what it is other than it's an energy drink." And so I was telling Brother Pat. Maybe we want to add, keep our ramp, our Red Bull up. And then finally, one day, they, people from the Red Bull company came in and sent a person here to say, you're going to be this, our distributor from mine in North Dakota, mine yeah. in Strong, mine in Williston. Okay. So it was one of those deals. So that, that, that one was kind of a lucky one to get Red Bull. And, and then the waters and other things, we have products that you've heard of, like the Arizona tea and the 1919 root beer. You, you see them around town. And, of course, the non-alcoholic products, any age, can drink those yeah where beer is of course 21 on up but all those uh waters and karma and the things we sell that are that are the uh, the new products we have we're, we're kind of lucky to, to kind of have those in our in our warehouse because that's these healthy drinks are starting to take over oh yeah well it widens the audience of people you can sell to because if you're only selling 21 you know yeah. you gotta be 21 to buy the product it kind of limits it to right it is it's you're right you limit your, yourself to a certain group where the, the non-alcoholic beverages, the, especially like the water, it's just the popularity just gets bigger. It never slows down. And, of course, a lot of our products, when it's warm in the summertime, that is really what drives the business. I, I suppose. Mean, our, we're kind of like a seasonal business. Not that it's terrible in the wintertime, but our our busiest time are four or five months. You know, it's May through about September. And it, once Labor Day hits, it's kind of, really starts people to, slow you, down yeah there's a noticeable difference because school has started mm-hmm. yeah the, the 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 seasonal things from summer are kind of starting to wind down no fourth of july no memorial right. day okay right. do you have a favorite product then let's go favorite product that you like whether it's you know drinking or eating and then one you like to sell and one well you want to get i'd say if, uh like a favorite product um I mean, beer, yeah. I mean, I've always liked Coors. You know, I like the Coors products. Uh, I think they're all good uh, on the non-alcoholic side. We, we've we've got some uh, up and coming new brands that uh, one is uh, one is called Poppy. It's a okay. kind of a prebiotic soda. Uh, that's a that's a new one. Uh, we've just picked up the Fiji water. Okay, you know, everybody's kind of heard of that. It's a little. It's a kind of like a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. But you take things like that. The nineteen the nineteen nineteen root beer is fantastic. Yeah, it's made in Minnesota. So I mean, things that we're getting that are almost like a local. You you almost like to 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 cheer for the underdog. Yeah, because they're they're a smaller company. They're made in in Minnesota, and we but we get a truckload at a time, and it just seems like it just sells. And and your your products like. I mean, the waters are always good too, but 
the the products that uh, really move when they're just kind of a smaller group and they're just trying to get bigger and bigger, you seem like you want to push a little harder for those guys. Especially when they're competing with Barks and A&W. It's cool right. to see the the underdogs win, like you said. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of products like that. I mean, it's hard to, I mean, yeah, I like Red Bull a lot too, but it's, Red Bull is, uh, some people are, Real don't like the, the the sugar and they don't want to be all the energy caffeine, type thing yeah. and be yeah the caffeine they think is bad and and I mean that's fine I, I don't have I get I get people's argument they don't think it's good for you but it, when you're selling on a national scale where international Red Bull is selling hundreds of millions of cases yeah somebody there's Likes it. yeah somebody is buying it so and and yeah and those people that are buying it they don't really care what it costs they just maybe that's kind of maybe the young people's coffee. I was going to say, yeah. because last year when I was in Vegas, I think I maybe went through 100 million cases of Red Bull. I thought my heart was going to explode <laughs> out of my chest. But then I was thinking about it, like, you you know, if you're a table playing whatever in Vegas and you drink eight Red Bulls in an hour, okay, that's probably, you wouldn't do that in a normal day. You know, he wouldn't no. just go drink eight Red Bulls. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it kind of is young person. That's, that's kind of what I compare it to. I think, I think uh, in the old days, uh, guys my age in the forties, fifties, they would go into a C store and buy a coffee and a and maybe a paper, and maybe a little granola bar. Where nowadays these young kids go into C stores and they buy a couple big cans of Red Bull, uh, maybe a can of chew. Yep, uh, box uh, of candy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they buy a, a you know a hot stuff pizza or you know a couple. So they're spending. 15 to 25 dollars in a c-store i used to get it where like the the older people they're spending a couple bucks a coffee yeah. and maybe a paper yeah or, or you know, like a donut maybe a coffee and a donut mm-hmm. so the i think the times have changed and you look at the people's shopping habits they're they're just whatever age you are is there's a different kind of uh approach when you go into a store some people refuse to to spend money on certain things and then you can take another group of people that that's all they're buying. It's the only thing they'll buy, yeah, is the ones that the other people don't buy. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's it's an interesting business. I, I a lot of times we 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 think about how lucky we are to have some of these brands, and we have brands that are are for twenty one on up, and then we have a lot of supplies there for for twenty one and below. Yeah. So or or basically from young to all the way to older. When you're talking the water and these healthy drinks. We sell this one called Karma, and it's kind of a probiotic drink where you snap the top of the lid and the powder drain, oh, yeah. drains into the, the liquid. So there's things like that where it's, it's getting to be more healthy. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's probably the sign of the, of the future. What would you say the most rewarding aspect of, you know, the day-to-day of Morelli's distributing is? What do you uh, enjoy about it? I'd say the most rewarding part probably is, is keeping things going for Reggie started a good thing back 50 50- Something years ago, he he was lucky enough to get into it, uh, and then and then to 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 build it up to a level that's um, comfortable that we can uh, support uh, numerous employees and their families. Um, I think we're, I think being a good community member, a good community partner, I think is important. He was always a big where he wants to spend money in the community. He wasn't really a a big believer of billboards for advertising. He wanted to do his advertising in the market, yeah. going into maybe a bar or uh, say you're in the liquor store and you know a guy, you see somebody he knew buying something of ours and he'd, he'd 
tell us, hey, go get him another case of beer. Yeah. Of course, the person had no idea what was going on. They're like, well, I don't get it. And they're like, well, it's, you wanted to buy a case of beer. That's yeah. kind of how he he chose to do his advertising and his promoting. He wanted to to uh, give it as much back as he could. And I think the older he got, then he couldn't. He wasn't able to maybe go out as frequent. And like a lot of places, you don't see a lot of older people going out maybe yeah. as much as a younger person would. It is nice, though, having the personalized experience with a business because you can slap Reggie's face on a billboard and, yeah, it might get whatever done. But like you said, if there are times when you're going into a liquor store and you buy him an extra case of beer or you buy him whatever it is, it just makes it feel like you guys actually care about him, which obviously you do. I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's a good it's a good trade off. We're always looking for ways you want to get bigger, but you also realize you have to spend money. You got to go in the community, even times when you really don't maybe feel like it or you want to have other things to do. You just have to maybe make an appearance and at least so people know that, Hey, we saw the, we saw a group of people and they're, they're good partners. And it's just, I think it's good for business. Yeah. So speaking of what's been good for business, Morelli's distributing. Is there any plans, you know, for growth in the future? What are you guys trying to accomplish moving forward? Well, we're always looking for different lines and, and products to carry. I mean, we get a lot of companies that come to us and say, hey, we'd like you to sell our product. Can we send you samples? Some, we, we're selective. We take we take a good look at it and say, do we need to carry this or should we try it? And it, even though it's something comes to us with samples and we don't really think that that great, doesn't mean the general public might not latch on to it. Yeah. But we usually, a lot of times, we'll, we'll check with another distributor. We really lean on... The, the guys down in Bismarck's another beer distributor called Jerome's distributing uh, and we bounce things off each other. We'll say, okay. Hey, we've got some, what do you, what have you heard from this brand X company or this blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Hey, I think it's gonna be pretty good. We're thinking about taking it on. Maybe we can, so we'll partner up instead of ordering so much at one time. We'll say, Hey, let's, let's just get the minimum and you take half, we'll take half and let's push it. And then we'll compare notes in a month yeah. or two. But I mean, as far as expansion, yeah, we're, if we're, if our numbers are growing and we're adding more employees, I think that's a good sign. We're, we're always looking to get bigger. And we, with same thing with just like with technology and equipment, we want, we don't want our employees to think that God, they're kind of like skimping on certain things out here. We want to, we want to keep up with what what the competitors do. We might not always have the nicest of something, but we want to be as close to it as, as we can. So speaking of employees, then future generations, are you wanting to hand this off to any of the kids want it? Are they like, no, we're getting out of this? I, I think, I know, I think it's going to be, they're going to, they're going to step in there. Pat's got two boys already that work, that work for us. One's mine, one's in Williston. And, and I think it's, it's going to get better and better. I think when, when, you know, some of the other guys coming up, Mason is the oldest grandkid, but he's, he's just doing his, following his dream of hockey. And so maybe when someday when he's done, they'll want to come back. And I think it'd be nice where they, you can work side by side like Reggie did with us and kind of teach you the ways and what you, you know, things you want to show them the right way. I mean, everybody's yeah. got a different way. You, there's, that's the American way. Everybody does things a little different, but I think with business, there's, there's a lot of, you have to change a lot. Yeah. You've got to kind of be uh, a up for it. You, you have to like accept that things are going to be different. It might be every day. Yeah. Uh, and it, it seems like in the beer business and the, the miscellaneous business we're in with the, with all the supplies, there's never, a, a, there's not many dull moments. There's always uh, uh, so much variety and you're going different. We always tell our guys, you're going to different places every day. 
Yeah. So it's, you shouldn't, it's not really boring. It's just, it's different. It's something it's, new. Uh, it is. Yeah. It, it just, just seems like it's always go, go, go with products. And, and as we get bigger, you have more businesses to start up and say, Hey, I'm, I'm a new, whatever type of business and they need supplies or they want a water cooler or they want a new bar liquor store. Or they want more, you know, Red Bull or whatever you're, you're trying to grow the numbers because all these companies, they want, you're growing and they want you to keep that momentum going. So if, if you maybe have a couple flat years, they're going, okay, what do we got to do to change it? Yeah. What, what do you guys need from us? So we're the kind of the same way. We'll go into places that we, that we visit with and say, what, Maybe not, not that we're checking up on our, our guys, but we'll just say, is there any concerns or anything we need to know or, you know, how are they doing, how are the drivers doing? How's yeah. the, you like your sales guy? And every, and for the most part, we don't ever have too many issues. Every like, once no, in a while. get this guy out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And very rarely. Most time it's just like, hey, I got, I, I uh, there was an issue where they put it in the wrong spot. But it's, it, it, you know, fixable item, you know, fixable issues that are really, Kind of like the thing in life is just like don't sweat the little things. As long as they don't yeah. become big problems, I think we're on the right track. We we all uh, I think Reggie just had this way of a, of showing us about being aggressive, but not to where you're you're causing issues and or getting get, getting in their way or like kind of yeah. like bugging them. But like we were saying earlier about following up, if somebody needs product or uh, wants more, you, you're going to make a note either on, you know, you send yourself, you, we got, look at, they got the technology. And when I first started out, there wasn't, the cell phones weren't really a big deal. A bunch of sticky yeah. notes, right? Yeah. It was a lot of notepads in your car where now, I mean, you know, you went from the big, big phone. Now everything's small and it's basically like your lifeline is your phone, yeah. your computer and your emails and important texts. So the, the calendar, you, you, I think if, if you're, Showing that customer that you're you're you care about them, whether they're your you know a, a small account or a big account, you show that you want to help them grow their business and increase sales. I think you're gonna you, we get a lot of business that way just because they know you care, and I think you take some time. Sometimes you have to take extra time, even though yeah. you have a busy schedule. Everybody's busy. Yeah, I mean this is just the way the society is. Nobody just says, "God, I got so much free time. I don't know what to do." With it. I mean, it's the opposite. <laughs> Whether you have uh, families or uh, multiple businesses, people, they have, everybody's got a lot going on in their life. So I think if you can show these customers that you you're, you want to help, instead of just going in the door, get grab the order and leave, see you next week. Yeah. Where you can say what, like our guys, we always try to tell them what, take a look around. What what are you noticing that didn't come from our warehouse? Yeah. Because you usually know when you're a sales guy, you know what your own brands are. Mm-hmm. It's like you go into a place and you know what equipment is yours and what isn't yours. Yeah. We're the same way. We, we pop in there and we'll say, Hey, we, we noticed you're not buying this item from us. Could we give you a price? And yeah. Something as simple as a, a, a couple sentences and you, you might be able to get that business. Get that business. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how we, uh, that's kind of how we operate. And it goes back to just, you know, caring about the customer, Matt, last question I got for you, Mount Rushmore of business advice. If you have to give four pieces of advice, to someone that's maybe in a business and they're just starting or they've been in business for a while, what would be the four staple pieces that you'd tell them? doesn't have to be anything crazy. Oh, I see. No particular order. I would say, uh, I would say, uh, don't, don't be afraid to ask uh, for advice. I think these, these people are going to reach out. I think a lot of business orders get in there and they're afraid to, to uh, ask what maybe the competition is doing. I think, okay. I think ask for, 
for uh, for to check to see what everybody else is doing. I think um, I think just your your relationships you have with people, showing people that you you you're, you you got to be personable. If you if you can't get along with it, whether it's a stranger off the street, no matter what that person does, you, you should you should be able to have a conversation with them and be able to know that they, they they're comfortable talking to you and you can talk to them. Um, I think, I think you got to be willing to change. I think yeah. if you, if you can't, don't want to adapt to what, the, I mean, you take your, your, your era of people, you're younger and I'm in my fifties and, and I still think sometimes that this, 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 some people will never change, but I think the ones that, that will change and are, are up to try it or have, have the best chance of, of continued success. Okay. And then I, and I think that, um, that's three. Yeah, I think, I think you gotta. Um, I th- think sometimes you gotta be willing to take some risk. I think there's times where we look at it like, okay, we we will make a mental note, and, and if we go heavy on, if we go big on, all in on one thing, and it doesn't maybe work the way we want, it doesn't mean that we won't come back to it. Yeah. But we usually just make a mental note or a, a, a trail and say, okay, that we tried that a couple of years ago, it didn't go so well, but. Now here we are in 2023. Maybe we re, we sit down and and visit it again, and and maybe we just give it a little more focus. We have a lot of times where we tell our guys just just because what we think it might it, you know, we we don't think this product is very good doesn't mean that, that other the, people won't. That's right. Doesn't mean that the the public might say, "God, this is a good product," and you know, and who sells it? Oh, Millie's yeah. Distributing has it. So I think being willing to take a couple chances is is in business and I'm not saying, you know, you bet it all on one thing and to go broke, but you have to like, uh, I think having the, the, the uh, being able to take some chances on, on maybe some, on people. Sometimes you have to give people a chance and say, I don't know if, the, if this person could be a fit, but let's, let's, let's give it a, give a try. A yeah. Let's give them a shot. And maybe somebody, you know, everybody has different ideas. They can maybe bring a different angle to the business we, we always tell our employees, we have, we have employee meetings every so often, and we always tell them, you're our most important asset out in the market because you see it, you see what happens. You overhear, maybe you hear the bar owner or the, or the business owner saying, uh, I, I, I need to, I need, you know, I wish I had this or that, I wish that I had that or where, or these guys are, you know, or maybe a lot of times just products and you say, Hey, we have that. Yeah. Cause you, you just, even though they don't see it. So I think that, your employees are if if you treat them good and and you're willing to listen to them i think it just carries down the trickles on down to when they're in the market maybe making deliveries where people will say oh hey i ran into a couple of the drivers and geez we didn't even know you guys had uh so-and-so product and they're like hey. and next you know you're selling things that you you didn't think that yeah. you were going to be selling to that particular account someone that needed beer and all of a sudden okay now they need toilet paper too whatever for, for sure yeah because there's a lot of accounts that aren't we don't necessarily have a sales guy that stops there mm-hmm. they're just we just call them. they just they're call-ins yeah they're either calling or we have some accounts in the country that's just a tell sell yeah get on the phone hi it's uh i'm jenny from morelli's and wanted to check on on how your supplies are so because you're you have to also look at it as being efficient and economical with the business does it make sense for us to drive 75 80 miles in the country when we can call them and and say here's what we have yeah. we'll leave you a list and we'll just give you a call every other week 
at uh, you know in the afternoon, and you just give us your order Let instead of sending need. a guy with a car and a, and a wear and tear on the on the van and yeah things like that. So there's times where not that you're singling anybody out to be mean, but you just have to look at it as a business point and say, is it worth? Are we are we you know is it is it makes sense when they're only ordering four or five cases of beer to send a guy all the way out to this certain place? Yeah, most of them we we try to hit them even if it's not every. Time it's like well, okay maybe it's been a little while we probably need to go and make an a, go make a, a in, in face yeah, a face to face visit yeah. right and I think that the people in the smaller communities appreciate it. I, I, I not that the people mine I don't but it just seems like the people in the country are they're just as happy or more than the people in the city to see you and visit with people maybe sometimes it's the smaller community they don't see new people as often yeah so I think it's good in a way that it's good for business that way too. Awesome. Matt, thank you very much for coming on the show. Where can people find you? Where can they find Morelli's Distributing? Well, we have a, I think we have Morelli's Distributing. It's, I think it's morellisdistributing.com is our, you know, our site. We have a Facebook page, uh, our gals at work. And um, we have a couple of my wife and my brother's wife kind of post, put stuff on our, on our page for when we get new products and information and, you know, things like the, the what if the, the, they may not know, we know ahead of time. So we want to share it with the public. But uh, otherwise, you know, we're just, if you want to come out to the, to the physical address, you can, we're in East Minot, we're, we're on uh, 6,000 Highway 2 East uh, in Minot. Cool. So appreciate you coming yeah. on the show, Maddie. For sure. That is, for epi- that is episode 51 of the Minot Business Podcast. Thank you guys again for listening and watching. We will see you guys next week for episode 52.